Hello and welcome to this episode of the Uneducated Rugby Podcast. This is part of a series of podcasts following on from the Uneducated Olympics and Uneducated Cycling Podcast and is going alongside the Uneducated Football Podcast currently. This was recorded a few weeks ago um, prior to fixtures coming out, so there will be a bit of a criticism of the fact that fixtures hadn't come out at that stage because it did take quite a while for them to come out prior to the start of the season. Um, This is previewing the United Rugby Championship and looking forward to particularly the Welsh transfers that have happened during the summer and how they will be implemented within the team and how the Welsh teams will be successful. We will try and do a preview for some of the other sides, such as Leinster, Glasgow, um, in due course. I'm not sure when that will occur, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So thanks very much for listening and hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to this first episode of the Uneducated Rugby podcast with me, Karen Harris. First episode of the Uneducated Rugby podcast with me, Karen Harris. Ali Davis and Lucy Jones are here with me. We're doing this via the Zoom to start off with. We'll hopefully be able to do it more in person later in the year. Um, it's an exciting time. It's the start of a new competition, the United Rugby Championship. That's what we're going to be previewing this week, um, looking at the teams, particularly the Welsh teams and the new signings that they've made. I think there's been a lot of doom and gloom about the United Rugby Championship, but I'll, are there any positives that you can see that you want to point towards, or is it all doom and gloom, rightfully so? No, I think it would be doom and gloom if it was um, still the same format as before, because uh, the league has become quite boring with Leinster winning it every year, you know? So I think the South Africans joining adds something different, um, adds a bit of competition for Leinster. I don't know if it's a good thing for the regions, um, necessarily, because um, already we struggled to beat the Irish, and we're, we're probably not going to beat the South <laughs> Africans either. So it just moves us all down the table, um, and possibly makes it more difficult for us to qualify for Champions Cup. Um, but for the league as a whole, it's probably it's better than it was, I'd say. Okay. That was more positive than I thought it was going to be. Um, Luce, do you have a similar point of view, or are you all you thinking it's a bit more doom and gloom? Uh, well, one positive is that rugby's going to be back again, as in league rugby, which would be nice to see. Um, but I think with the whole lockdown restrictions in South Africa at the moment, there's talks we're not going to play them until like the second half of the year. There'll be a lot of pressure on them. So, it's like the Rainbow Cup all over again, really. Yeah, it's... I, I'm i a little bit on the fence about it. I think there could be good signs if if it creates an influx of money, which can go towards the clubs in Wales. It's great, because, you know, we definitely need it. Um, we've seen that throughout the last couple of years, that... You know, since those um, Ospreys Galacticos teams that we had in the early 2000s, we haven't really seen big money signings in the last few years, generally. I, I couldn't name one that sort of burst the bank for anyone. Um, I don't see it being a good thing in the short term, but maybe long term it might be better. Looking at the setup, I'll explain how it's going to work. So there are four pools. There's going to be the four South African teams in one pool, four Welsh teams in the other four Irish in the third, and then the two Scots, two Italian in the final pool. From what I understand, each within each of those pools, everyone plays each other twice, home and away. And then they also play 12 games against the other members of the 
other pools once. They don't play home and away to the other team, so it's just once for each team. Um, the fixtures haven't come out. There are rumoured fixtures that were leaked um, that said that I think Cardiff Blues start with Connaught. Um, I think there's a rumour that there is a Welsh derby that's either going to be Scarlet's Ospreys or Scarlet's Dragons or Ospreys Dragons. We don't know that yet. Um, the South African teams aren't able to travel to the UK at the moment, so that makes it even more complicated. It's not a great start to a tournament, um, similar to the Rainbow Cup. Do you think this is a good thing for the Welsh sides, though, to avoid the Saffirs for a while and just get get used to playing again? Yeah, it probably is. But a league is meant to be teams playing the other teams. So it seems a bit of a waste if no one can play South Africa. It's South African teams at the start, anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's likely not to, you know, we could end up with a similar situation that we had in the Rainbow Cup where we don't actually play the South African teams. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but I, I think they're still able to play the Irish sides for the moment. Um, so that could be exciting, you know, to see Leinster. I think Leinster might be entertaining the Bulls first up, which could be quite exciting considering how well the Bulls did in the Rainbow Cup, reaching the final. Um yeah. I, I don't know who's playing the reigning champions Benetton, um, but that could be that could be interesting to see. Do you think Benetton can back back up the victory from last time, Aled, or do you think think it was a flash in the pan? Um, it was probably a flash in the pan. But you'd like to think they'll have a better season in the league than last year because they didn't lose every game or something like that. So um, <laughs> you can't do much worse in the league. <laughs> Benetton went under the radar a bit after I think Italy won the Euros and some. The yeah. Olympic achievements that everyone's forgotten about Benetton. Yeah, it's been, well, I think quite rightly so, because I think the Rainbow Cup was forgotten about in general in rugby. Um, but no, I think I think they've got a new coach there now at Benetton as well. I think Paul Gustard's gone over there, the old Harlequins boss. Um, yeah. So that could be interesting. Obviously, he's watched his uh, previous employers do very well since he left at Harlequins. But um, that's one of the big transfer news. The other big transfer news have been around the Ospreys, to be honest. The Ospreys have done a lot of good business. Um, so the highlights being Thomas Francis and Alex Cuthbert. I'm very happy yeah. being an Ospreys fan. <laughs> what, what do you think, Alan, of those two coming to the Ospreys? can't call that the highlight. The highlight's got to be Jack Morgan, isn't it? <laughs> I think it has to be. To pinch him from the Scarlets, your local rivals, right? Well, yeah. I, I was only referring to those as... Highlights as they, you know, sort of established internationals. I know Cuthbert hasn't played for a number of years, but he is a British and Irish lion. Um, Jack Morgan, despite your claims that we've <laughs> that we've both heard, um, are not. You know, he hasn't had a cap for Wales yet, let alone a lion's cap. Do you want to reiterate your claims on Jack Morgan about how how well you think he's going to do in the future? Well, I think he has the potential to win World Player of the Year one year. Um. I said by the next uh, World Cup, he'd be the, possibly the best seven in the world. I believe the word possibly didn't come into the statement when you made it originally. I believe the statement was, he will be the best seven, he will start for Wales. He will start for Wales in the Six Nations as the seven. Um, yeah. He's a cracking player. I, I'm stunned by how we've got him. I How the Scarlets have let him go, I don't understand. I know you've got a lot of competition down there with the likes of... Um, Cubby, uh, 
McLeod's and uh, Dan Davis as well. But for me, yeah. he's he's the pick of the bunch. I know. Yeah, they sh- yeah, they shouldn't have let him go. No. Um, I don't understand how he didn't get capped in the summer. I hope he gets a good run of games because I know Tips is injured now, so he's going to be out for a few months. So that's going to be exciting to see with, uh, you know, Jack Morgan if he gets a chance in one of the derbies. See how he goes. He'll be booed to the Scarlet Tournament. Um, uh, I think I think Wales um, want to play him against the All Blacks first game. I think that's where they rested in the summer because if you play him against Canada and Argentina, he's probably great, and then the All Blacks know what's coming, right? <laughs> We're gonna to lose to the All Blacks, come what may. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Jack Morgan's gonna be the you know playing MI five with Jack Morgan hiding him from the opposition. It's gonna make a bit of difference. Um, I'm I, like. I think he's a good player. I I just you know it's gonna take a lot to displace the likes of you know they clearly like Tane Basham a lot. Um, James Botham's been playing very well when he plays for Wales. Obviously, Tips is world class. So to displace those, he's going to take some doing. Um, he's the new Warbs. Yeah, I agree with you. There. He is the closest we've got to Warbs. Um, to be fair, the fact that Tips is injured, it is a great move for him now because the team Ospreys have got to come into the next season. I think that's going to suit him a lot. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, just looking at, especially the back line. You know, you're talking Reese Webb. Hopefully, um, Anscom, uh, Cuthbert, uh, Matt Prothero, uh, options on the wing, along with the likes of Keelan Giles and Luke, uh, Luke Morgan. I know Al is a big fan of Keelan Giles. Um, centres, you know, you add in the likes of George North if he's going to play in centre. Maybe he'll play on wing. We don't know at the moment. Uh, Tian Thomas Wheeler, um, Owen Watkin. Matthew Collins come from New Zealand as well. Matthew Collins, new signing, ex, ex-Scarlet as well. And, you know, that's without mentioning Kieran Williams, who for me was the form 12 in Wales last year. Um, and then Dan Evans, old reliable at fullback. You know, that's a great back line. You know, a lot is dependent on what happens with Anscombe. You know, is Anscombe going to be up to it? I don't know. If he's not, Stephen Myler had a decent season, but at the age of whatever he is now, he feels like he's about 52, but at the age of whatever he is now, he's probably not the the best option for long term. Sorry. But that's a backline that could scare anyone loose, especially Scarlet's fans. Yeah, um, and considering as well the players that potentially will be chosen for Wales, they've still got the strength and depth there. Um, so considering their backline over the last, let's just say, five years, this is definitely the strongest by far, and it could be quite dangerous for them. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, adding the likes of Thomas Francis in that front row will be brilliant for the Ospreys. Um, I think that's 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 the positive with regards to the Welsh regions. I'm very excited about it. The negative are the other three, in my opinion. I think the Scarlets, what have you made of the signings this summer for Scarlets? I'll start with you, Lucy. How many do we have? Well, that's that's partly the problem. <laughs> there haven't been many. Um, Scott Williams has re-signed. Yeah, I'm um, glad for that. There's also, an in the back row. Yeah, the likes of Tom Price and Corey Baldwin have come in. You mentioned to me before, Lucy, that you were a bit worried about the second rows because I think Rituva's gone and there's a bit of a gap there. 
Yeah, I'm a bit worried about the strength and depth and the starting really second rows at the moment. Um, we've got obviously Lewis Rawlings, who's been there for years and years. He was part of that 2017 um, Invincible team then. Um, you've got. Sorry, I'm, I'm pulling the face because Lucy's used the word invincible. I think they were far from invincible. But yeah, carry on, Lucy, carry on. <laughs> um, you've got Morgan Jones. Um, and Sam Luisi. Other than that, I think Tom Price has come back in. It's not strong enough then compared to especially the other Welsh regions. What do you guys think? Well, the thing is, they won't lose any of those players um, to internationals, will they? Um, <laughs> Luisi, maybe. Yeah, is he Tongan? Yeah. I don't think he plays much, though, with, no. with with the majority of Pacific Islanders. They don't tend to have yeah. many games, do they? No, so they, you know, they won't lose anyone. So, you know, it'd probably be Morgan Jones and Luisi starting, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Most but, probably. Um, we know with their prone to and red cards, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. He needs to keep his down, really. <laughs> yeah. I thought, um, uh, yeah, I thought the Scarlets were trying to get a record for suspensions at one stage last season with second rows. Um, I think they had three suspended at one time, which was incredible. Um, on the other hand, though, having the likes of McLeod back from injury, Cubby's likely to be back soon as well. That's great signs for the Scarlets, especially in that back row that, you know, as we mentioned previously, he's lost Jack Morgan. Um, there, is there any youngsters that you're keen to see this season that you're looking forward to, Aled? Um... What, in the back row? Won't anybody? No, just in the general team. Well, I mean, I think Cadwin, um, to a Pilotu, was one to watch out for. Number eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Cadwin will have a... Well, it could be his breakthrough season. Obviously, he's young. Um, but I think he could have a good season um, with Callum Afoni ahead of him, you know, to help him through. Um, so, yeah, they've got two good eights there. I think Cadwin will have a decent season. Um yeah, Callum yeah, Callum Afoni is pretty much the ideal guy to bring him through, isn't it? Like that that element of experience that he has. Um, you've lost Kasim, sadly, but I think yeah. I think uh, having Cadwin coming through would be good. I'm quite excited by Dane Blacker. I think he's a great nine. Um, I know yeah. Scarlets have got three nines there already um, with uh, Kieran Hardy and Gareth Davis as well. But, you know, when they go off an international, it'd be good to see how Blacker can do. I thought he was very good this season. I think the one question for Scarlett is who would you start at fly half? Luce, who would you go with? Because Patchell's going to be back. Dan Jones has obviously had the shirt for a while. Angus O'Brien and um, Sam Costello. I think it depends. Obviously, um, Patchell is back in training now. Um, but I think it depends how, well, if he is match fit. Um, I think as the season goes on, I think Sam um, will Sam Consetto will get that jersey. I think this year might be his breakthrough years, like Cadwin. Um, I know who Alan's going to go for. <laughs> I can see I can see Alan crossing his arms, preparing to make a statement. Go on, Al. Questions Patchell is wrong. Go on, plead the case for Patchell because we we've had this debate off pod several times, but. Go on, explain your reasons why you think Patchell is the man to take Scarlett forward. Well, I mean, Patchell is he's one of the main reasons why Scarlets were really good back in the day, i.e. three or four years ago, you know. He was a real threat at fly-off. Um, could do everything, 
really. I can defend. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a big path, though. Fifty no, percent of the game, Mark, attack, to be honest. <laughs> in attack, he could do everything, and um, you know, really ran the show against um, sort of Munster and Leinster in those playoff games. Uh, and then he had a really good season in that as well. And Scarlett did well. Um, then since then, he's had injury problems, isn't he? You know, I think Pivak's last year, um, he started having head injuries and then he came back and that game away to Connaught. Undiaki ran at him all day. Um, and, yeah, although the last we've seen of Patchell properly has been the World Cup, right? Yeah. yeah. And he, he did do well in the World Cup, which I think is forgotten as well. Um, brushed under the carpet somewhat. Um, yeah. But... Um. Yeah, so he came on against Australia and Fiji played well, but then obviously we haven't seen him much since then, um, you know, just because of injuries. So we don't know what he'll be like. Um, but if he's similar to what he was like, I would play him. Yeah, I I get what you're on about, because I think at one stage he was the only fly half in the world that could hold a candle with pace to Bowden Barrett. You know, when Bowden Barrett was tearing it up with his pace, Patrick was doing the same. Um my issue with Patchell is always going to be the same. We've had discussion. I call him a garden gate because he he isn't the best of tacklers. Um, and I think even you mentioned that Australia game, but Michael Hooper hit the nail on the head with that Karevi challenge where he says, you know, it's bad tackle technique. It's not Karevi's fault. And he, I think he's right. I I do sympathise with Patchell. He was rushed back and he did end up, yeah, as we mentioned, that Connacht game against Mendiaki was... Probably not the ideal return. Um, he's got a huge boot on him. He's got great pace. He's got all the facets. Can he control a game? I'm not convinced yet, I must be honest. I think I've seen him control some games, but not all. Um, I'd... It'll, be interesting, it'll be interesting to see when he comes back now. Yeah. How he does actually perform. Yeah, it will be. Him and Anscombe are the, the big question marks, you know, because... If if we want to play this running game that uh, Pivac claims to want to play, I still don't think Dan Bigger is the man. Um, I think we're all agreed on that. But especially, I don't think Dan Bigger is the man in conjunction with uh, Lee Halfpenny especially. But that's another question for another time. Um, <laughs> with with regards to Tom Rogers, obviously he's going to be exciting to see whether he can keep his place in the Wales setup as well. Be good to see him. Um yeah. And then, yeah, good to see the internationals with Wynne Jones and Ken Owens after decent Lions tours. Let's move to the, to Cardiff Rugby now. What was the Blues? They're now rebranded. Um, it's another false dawn for Cardiff, isn't it, last season? You know, everyone's talking about the back line, but it's the same problems up front. Aled? Yeah, you know, um, Cardiff, they've got the backs, as you say. They've had them for a while now, especially the halfbacks, Thomas and Jared. you know. Um, on that day, you know, Blues are arguably with the best in Europe, their back line. Um, but they've had problems in the front front five, especially for years now. Um, we were saying yesterday they need they need a hooker. They need a loose head, I'd say, um, and probably a second row to compete, you know. Probably have to look at the Southern Hemisphere to get those players, but they, they haven't. So they're going to be in trouble again, Blues, to do anything. I, I think that's as simple as it is. Um, I was looking at it the other day and someone had posted uh, an exciting team and you, you look at the backs and you look at the likes of 
Thomas Williams, yeah, Jared, as you mentioned, Josh Adams. You know, those are brilliant players who, on their day, can be world class attackers. And then you look at the front five, and you know, no disrespect to Domaszkowski and Roy Belcher, but they're not in the same class. They they aren't in the same class of player. And in the second rows, you know, they've just lost their main leader in Corey Hill. I think that's going to be a huge loss for them, Lewis. Yeah. Um, the fact he's gone, he was the captain as well during the year. Uh, they've obviously got Matthew Screech over from Dragons. Um, but James Ratty, who else is there by now? Rory Thornton and Seb. And Seb, yeah. N- not much experience there. If you think about it. Well, you say that. Seb's been around the Blues for a while, or Cardiff Rugby, hasn't he? Well, yeah. Now, I was this gonna say be... Seb's the most experienced there. <laughs> yeah, he's been there, yeah. what, three... I'm f- still really young. Yeah. Four, no, five years? Four, five well, years? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to see Seb doing well. I, 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 When I watched him last season, I thought he played quite well, to be honest. He had some moments yeah. in the European Challenge Cup that were absolutely brilliant. A little break well, and kick ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, there was more than one moment, but that specific chip ahead moment, oh, it was very nice to see. I did drop him a message. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think, I think it'd be great to see him come back to his best. I think that back row is good with Ellis Jenkins coming back, um, Navidi, and both of them. I think that's a very exciting back row. They're lacking an eight. They got um, t- um, Josh Turnbull. And Avidi. Um, <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I think Ali just spot on to be honest. Even with Turnbull in, they've got yeah. grafters in there, but they haven't got a out and out ball car, have they? No, because yeah, they've lost um, Nick Williams, haven't they? He's tired, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. They... Yeah. He was crucial for Blues. Yeah. And he was playing there. And he had Xavier Rush back in the day, um, causing some damage. <laughs> they are missing that big, bigger figure in that eight slot, or even a six if you wanted to put Navidi at eight. Um, be interesting to see how the Blues go. Dragons, I just I'm, I'm... dragons but for for their standard, they were decent last year. I think they got players in, um, and they were beaten the other Welsh regions. Yeah. But this is my frustration with Dragons, is the false dawn. We have the same thing with Scotland every year. People say, oh, they might be good this year, and they they do well a couple of times, and then they're terrible the rest of the time. And that's how I feel. I don't, I don't look at that team and think I'd be scared going down there. I think they've got some talent, but I don't think they've got anything outrageous. Do you, Aled? Um, no. <laughs> um, I mean... <laughs> Who, who's Dragons 10? Is it still Sam Davis? It is still Sam Davis, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Sam's a decent player. Um, but in order for them to kick on, you do wonder, you know, do they need to sign somebody, you know, a bit better? Um, Scarlett's got four fly-offs, haven't they? Yeah. So Angus left the Dragons to go to Scarlett. So you wonder if Dragons could have one back. Maybe send, send him Dan Jones or something, I don't know. Um yeah, no, Dragons don't have enough, I don't think. They have improved, but um, I go back to the point, I don't think Wales has enough um, resources to have four regions, and the Dragons are the weakest. So, you know, if Dragons carry on as they are, I think you should disband them. You, um, you'd you combine them with the Blues, wouldn't you? You've said this before. 
would, yeah. I think population-wise, it make more sense to merge the West, but obviously they're the you know the biggest rivals and the most successful. So I don't think that'll happen. Um, I but think Blues and Dragon supporters would argue with that, though, because we're obviously all Scarlet and Ospreys. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think they can argue with it. I, not to be rude, I, I don't think how you argue it. You can't really say to me that that it's more passionate, the rivalry between Blues and Dragons. I completely disagree. It's always been that Scarlet, Scarlet Ospreys or Llanelli Swansea rivalry, hasn't it? It has, but it makes more sense to merge the West because it's like, look at Swansea City and the crowds they get and the rugby could be more similar to that. Well, in the East, like Gwent, you know, the people of Gwent, they don't want to go to Cardiff to watch rugby. They want their own team. Um, and Blues don't really need a team to merge with them because Blues is the, is the capital city club. It's big enough. I think the problem is that the Dragons are so weak, though. If the Dragons were stronger, you know, they had that they had that support from the WIU. And as far as I can tell, all of that brought was as a bit of solidity and a ridiculous deal to bring in Ross Moriarty on what 400k a year, um, which is, you know... When he signed it, he was in the top 20 most paid players in the world, which I still can't understand. Um, I think... You've got you've got really good individuals at Dragons, to be fair. You've got, like, the wingers, um, John Holmes and, well, Ashton Hewitt, when he's back from injury. Um, he had a crack of a season when he started last season before the injury. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you've got Will Rowlands come in. Um, mm. I think that's good for Wales, then. Yeah. Um even so, like a veteran like Jamie Roberts, um, he's added a lot to them, and there's a lot of experience as well. But obviously, maybe that's not ideal because of his age. But yeah, no, I... yeah, the, the, the books are okay. Dragons, uh, you know, Roger Williams as well. He should have more of a crack with Wales. Um, yeah, but I mean, Dragons similar to Blues, probably the front five. Oh yeah, yeah. I think most of the regions are fine back row, but. Dragons and Blues especially are a bit lightweight in the, in the front five. Well, 100%. They've lost their two best second rows to the Blues in the last two years in Corey Hill and Matthew Screech. And then you yeah, add on... OK, they do have a decent hooker in Elliot D, but and Leon Brown is coming through, I guess. Although I've never... He's never really forced his way through as as of yet. You know, we keep on hearing about this mystical training session he had against Macum Funapola. Um, back in the day, I've heard that story about ten times, and every single time I'm like, "Well, I haven't seen it on, on a regional or international stage." Um, but you know, they they do have exciting talent. They've got a good back row, as you mentioned, with Mor- you know Moriarty's a decent player, um, Keddy, Ollie Griffiths, Basham, and Wainwright. You know, those that's a strong strong options yeah. in a back row. Um, yeah. And then you add in the likes of Anir and Owen, who they they're raving about. The, the the problem with the dragons is that it doesn't have that front five. You're spot on. It doesn't seem to have organisation as a unit, and it doesn't seem to have strength and depth. Um, I think other than the back row, they don't have strength and depth. No, not at all. I think I think they could have done with bringing in someone like Reese Priestland, who has gone to the Blues. You know that that would have been yeah. a perfect little move yeah, for him. Be... You know, reinvigorating yeah. and fighting with Sam Davis, but instead he's gone to the Blues where he's, you know, barely ever going to play, really. He's going to play the Stephen Shingler role to Jared Evans, I can see. Well, yeah, it depends just... if Jared is a, 
you know, if he's called up for Wales a lot this season, Priestland might. Oh, Priestland might be called up for Wales. Who knows? Well, yeah, he may be. He should be. Um, like that, well, that's, that's another topic for another time, I think. <laughs> but my feelings on Priestland being the best fly half Wales have had over the last ten years is another. It's probably something I'll leave for a few for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> um, I think I think Ospreys will will get in there as eighth if um, if Anscombe's fit. If Anscombe isn't fit, then I think Scarlett will finish eighth. Only eight. You don't Only think... one team will get in them. Only one no, team. Because the top seven will be the three Irish, um, without Connor, and um, the four South Africans. <laughs> Could be the Scottish teams as well. Yeah. Could be. But... I think Edinburgh peaked, um, well, finished on top of Scarlet last year. Glasgow's always there, thereabouts. No, I think Ed- Edinburgh had a badger, didn't they, last year? Yeah. I thought they finished like fifth or something, but... No, they had a good year the year before. Edinburgh could finish above them, but they were hopeless last season. Yeah, I'm, I'm just writing down the names now that I think will definitely be there. I think Leinster, Munster will 100% be there. Ulster will be there or thereabouts in the top eight. Bulls, I expect to be there. I expect the Stormers to be there as well. I don't know about, I don't know about Sharks and Lions. Yeah, I don't think all of them will be there. No, I don't. I don't think all of them will be there. You got to remember how many of those South African stars aren't playing in South Africa anymore. And I think the fact yeah. that um, they have to play two games against the other South African teams and. You know, all the Welsh regions will only have to play them once. Will benefit the Welsh teams? Yeah, the, that's true. The problem with it is obviously the, I expect the Welsh regions to take points off each other. Whereas, with all due respect to Zebra, I would be stunned if they get away wins in Edinburgh, Glasgow. You know, they're not going to win yeah, away. They, they might get a home win, but I, they may end up with zero points, you know? Um, yeah, that's true. I think, you know, if we end up with only one region in those top eight, that's going to be a pretty shocking season. Um, it could be zero. It could very well be zero. You're not wrong. Um, Connor might finish eighth, right? Connor could finish eighth. I've, I've preliminary said that I think there'll be two. I think Ospreys and Scarlet are getting that top eight. I think there'll be one, and I'd put my money on Ospreys, but I think then thinking about experience and how well, I think just under pressure, Scarlet's have just performed over the last few years, that they could just get that. I don't know. It's tough it, to call. It all depends on the fly-off, I think, with both, whether Patchell's fit, whether Anscombe's fit, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, you, you Leinster will 100% storm it I'd, I'd be very surprised I think it'll be a fight between them and Munster to top that pool but either way I think they'll beat all the other teams home and away probably um, no matter where they're playing them they'll play, they'll beat them I, I, I don't see them losing to anyone they may lose to Ospreys now and again you know on the off chance they lost last season but that was a fluke um, maybe they'll lose to the Bulls but you know, like I said, they're playing the Bulls at home, so I don't expect that to happen. 
I think it depends as well when they play the other teams once. It depends if they play them home or away. Um, because, like, let's just say traveling to South Africa will affect just um, not just the playing, but the environment around them as well and the traveling. Um, and then maybe going to, go to Leinster or going to any of the Irish teams. <sighs> Chances are you're going to lose. If you play home, you you would have more of an advantage. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to Leinster, I'd rather face them away. Um, <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous, but the only reason is I think you're going to lose no matter what. <laughs> so yeah. keep your home games for the like fifty fifties that you might win. Say against I don't know an Edinburgh or a Glasgow. We're traveling up to Glasgow's tough, whereas hosting Glasgow or Edinburgh is a lot easier, or hosting one of the Italian teams is a lot easier. I I I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather just sack off the Leinster game and say, look, it's going to be a loss. Ospreys have done it a few years ago. Scarlets will do it. Just play a second team. Save your best players for the key games. You know, I think Europe is going to be one hell of a competition to get into this year. Now that the South Africans are available as well. Um, that's another worry. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the issue of players going um, to their na- international games as well. So... It is then the strength and depth of the other Welsh regions. How are they going to cope? Yeah, and I think some of those derbies are likely to coincide with um, international windows. I know a lot of people are not happy about it as well. Um, it just seems wrong that you have derbies where not all the players are going to be fit. You know, they took away the uh, Boxing Day fixtures a few years back, didn't they? And everyone complained. Boxing Day and New Year's Day fixtures. And now... They're trying to have derbies with half the half the playing staff there. I don't, uh, to me, it seems daft. But um, on a positive note, let's let's look at the positives. <laughs> um, it started a couple of weeks. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and say I think there'll be two of the two of the Welsh regions in that top eight. Aled says one. Lucy, what are you saying? Is it one as well? I'm saying one as well. Yeah. So you know, there's reason to be mildly hopeful in terms of who's going to win the whole league. Who are we going with? Aled, I'll ask you first. I suspect it may be the same answer. Dragons. <laughs> Dragons? <laughs> well, even in my playoffs. Um, no. I don't think it'll be Leinster. Okay. I, I don't know how. Who's the, who's the best African team? Who's the best African team? On last year's evidence, it was probably the Bulls. I'll go with the, the Bulls then. And Lucy? I'd love to say the dark horse of Benetton, but I'm going to go with Leinster. And it was a safe option, but... I I can't see beyond Leinster or Munster. I think Munster could get into it this season, but I'm going to back Leinster. They're just so much stronger than everyone else. Uh, it's beyond farcical, to be honest. Um, but hopefully it, gets, hopefully it gets a bit more even. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, We will do another pod very soon. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. So long.